Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our broadcast. Welcome back. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Bill Shanks. Our phone lines are open. Area code 478-646-3776. Three topics, a couple of topics here. Brace pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. They had a workout today. Trade rumor about Trey Young. Hawks supposedly had discussions to trade him to San Antonio last week before the trade deadline. What do you think about that? And uh, also, earlier in the day here on Valentine's Day, we had the topic on Jeff Dancer's show of the player you love. Who is the who is the player you love? Who's the sports personality you love? So we're asking the question, who's the sports personality you love to hate? So we'll take your phone calls on that, 478-646-ESPN. Real quick, if you've just joined us, we've been tracking this story for the last two years. Two years, excuse me, for the last two hours. Kansas City Chiefs had a celebration, a a parade rally today in Kansas City to honor their Super Bowl winning team. About two hours ago, there was a shooting at the celebration. Kansas City police say that one person is dead. Ten to 15 are injured. Now, some of those may have been uh, not shot, but instead trampled when the crowd was trying to disperse when they heard the gunshots. So we, they, they, didn't, they didn't really give us a specific in their press conference on how many have been injured. But there's video on social media on Twitter, and evidently fans, Kansas City Chiefs fans who were there, saw the person, one of the two people who's in custody, saw the shooting and tackled him to the ground. So what a story that is for some of those fans to take it upon themselves and to be brave enough to track him down and cover him so he couldn't do anything else. So... God bless those fans, right? Could have been even worse. But one dead, 10 to 15 injured is what police are saying right now. And we'll let you know if we see anything else on this story out of Kansas City that's just heartbreaking. The fans trying to get together to enjoy themselves. And uh, some are hurt and one's not going to go home. 478-646-ESPN. Danny in Savannah is with us. Hello, Danny. Hey, Bill. How you doing today, man? I'm good. Thanks for holding on. We appreciate it. Hey, that's good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I hate to hear about that in KC. That, that was bad, Bill. Real bad. Awful. Uh, yeah, about the uh, Trey Young trade, yeah. Uh, get rid of him. You think we can get women Yama? No, I think they would be wanting to put Trey Young, <clears throat> excuse me, with women Yama. I mean, I, I don't. I think obviously draft picks would be involved. The <clears throat> excuse me, the Spurs are are trying to start over and they're not doing very well this year. Uh, I don't know their roster very well. I don't I, I don't know if that Cameron, um, what was his name? Let me bring him up. There was another player that was pretty good on their roster a year ago. Let me bring up because I really haven't looked at that. Of, of all right, well, who could they have put in a trade for Trey? Um, they have uh, Devin Vassell, who is a young player. He is a shooting guard. He might be a nice complement to DeJounte Murray. 
and um, Kelton Johnson's the one I was thinking of. Excuse me, Matt. Gosh, I'm just making all kind of noises here, clearing my throat and everything. Kelton Johnson's a nice young player. He's 24, and he's a small forward. So I imagine one of those two would probably have been part of the trade, but I don't know. It, it's um, draft picks would have to be in there. I mean, the, the Spurs aren't going to be very good this year. Uh, they're they're 11 and 43, so they're going to be in the lottery once again. So it would probably be a lottery pick, but didn't happen. I don't know if it'll be revisited after the year, but you would think that would be a combination since the Spurs have their big man that they would be interested in someone to be the complement. A lot of times, obviously, and you know, Spurs had Tony Parker when they had Tim Duncan, so they, I guess they're trying to repeat that with that thought process. Oh yeah, it's kind of a joke because I, I, yeah, they're not they're not getting rid of him and uh, pretty good music. Bill, what about uh, I, what about uh, Islands in the Stream? Kenny Rogers and oh, Dolly man, Parton. That, you know? that, what a great! This may be your best phone call ever with that suggestion right there. Now, Danny, <laughs> that's a great that that and then, you know that was that was voted as the number one country duet in country music history with Kenny and Dolly and that is a great song. You know who wrote that song? Uh don't. Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees, yep. yep he sure did. Wow. Yep. Yep. A little trivia for you here on the Bill Shank show. How about that? Uh, and two more things for you. I always liked the uh, Celtics, Bird, Johnson, McHale. I always liked them. But the one I, I couldn't stand, Bill, was Bill Lamebeer. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was hard to root for. I'm with you. I, I I didn't like him either. I hated his teammate, Isaiah Thomas, even more. But uh, I, And I did kind of like it when I heard that Bill Lamebeer cold-cocked Isaiah. But, yeah, the, the, those Pistons teams, they had a lot of players who were easy to dislike didn't they? Yeah. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing, Bill. When I call you Monday, I'm going to be Danny and Waycross. Danny, you're going to Waycross? Going, me and my wife moving out to Waycross, Bill. We done got us a house there, and Pooler is so, I mean, Pooler is just crazy right here. So you're moving to Waycross? Moving to Waycross. We've uh, got a house. We're moving Saturday. We'll be on Stanton, Stanton Road. You know that's out in the, the county, uh, isn't it? The one out? Is that out, that's out in the county, isn't it? It's off of Albany Avenue. You know where uh, Dr. Yep. Holmes' old animal clinic was. I do. I know that. I, I know exactly where that area is. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, good. Well, when I come home here soon and do a show over from Carter's, you'll have to come see me. Absolutely. We'll uh, turn right by uh, his uh, old clinic right there, about a half mile down there on the right. There you go. I know exactly where that is. Well, great. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're move, moving to uh, to Waycross. That's oh, but God, that means we got another Gator in Waycross. Oh hell. There you go. <laughs> well, good. Well, that's good. Well, y'all, y'all be safe. It's not easy to move, but uh, good for you. I'm glad. Glad you're moving down there to God's country. Uh, I appreciate it, Bill. Thank All you. Right. Thank you All right, y'all take care. All right. Golly, we see. We already got Ware County Gators in Waycross. We got Ware County Gators in Waycross. That's what their nickname is, the Ware County Gators, which is difficult for Georgia Bulldogs fans to, you know, say G-O-G-A-T-O-R-S. Now we got another Gator going to Waycross, a Florida Gator. Jeez. 
All right, uh, back to the phones we go. Terry in Warner Robins is with us. Hello, Terry. Hey, Bill. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Nice to hear from you. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to tell you, the one that I love to hate is the old ball coach. (laughs) Speaking of Gators, your boy Steve Spurrier, huh? Yes, sir. There is no way I can ever root for him in anything he does. (laughs) You know, it was weird with me and Spurrier because I – I got it, and I get you saying that. There's no question. But I just thought he was so good. It, it was hard for me to hate him. And then uh, about two years ago, believe it or not, Terry, I was on a podcast that he was doing with a friend of mine, Terry Norvell, down in, in Jacksonville. And C. Spurrier was his co-host. And C. Spurrier started interviewing me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never thought this would happen. But I get it because he, he – uh, he just killed the dogs, didn't he? Oh, man. And I guess that's the reason why I didn't like him so much, just because he would just kill us. I mean, there was nothing we could do. And he took as much pride in beating us as anything he did. You're right. You're right. He loved beating Georgia. But I did ask him, Terry, so if if when he was at Duke, if if they had asked him to replace Coach Dooley instead of Ray Golf, would he have taken the Georgia job? And he said, yes, absolutely, which I don't know if I buy that or not. But right. that's what he said, so I'll take his word for it, I guess. Well, I can tell you another one I didn't like. That was Bill Lambeard, too. I didn't like him. And, and the San Francisco 49ers, Bill Walsh is there. I didn't like any of them either. That, that's because they beat the crap out of the Falcons. I tell you what, I want to know if even Bill Lambeard's family likes him. I don't think anybody liked Bill Lambeard. Do you? <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I, I Actually, I won't mention his name. He's probably not listening. But I, there was a guy in Waycross that I grew up with. Um, wasn't close to him, really, but. He reminded me so much of Bill Lambeer, and guess what? That guy who I knew from Waycross who looked a bit like Bill Lambeer, he was just as big of a punk as Bill Lambeer was. So. <laughs> I hear you. And I, one more thing, Bill. I talked about the uh, the Falcons and trading Kyle Pitt. Why not give him up right now before he has to sign that big long-term deal and uh, go ahead and draft Brock Bowers like you said? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's something they should think about. And and obviously, we're not going to be very objective about this because we love Brock Bowers. But to me, I aside from Bowers, and now I think it would be foolish to not draft Brock Bowers if he was on the board. But I don't know if he's going to be on the board, Terry, because the Chargers may take him at five. But I think that Kyle Pitts is a great price for Justin Fields anyway. I mean, I think it would – be pretty good deal straight up i mean you could say that kyle pitts didn't live up to his expectations as the fourth overall pick in the draft and the three years uh, you know the especially the last two have just not been very good so trade someone you may not need or not want for someone who you do need and do want compared to the bears who obviously are going to go in a different direction at quarterback so i I think straight up would be a good trade but even if you had to put in a another draft pick i'd rather do that than give up a second or a third rounder to be honest with you and then if bowers on the board i mean like i said i think i said it correctly earlier with eddie okay there's there's gonna be people like dallas turner and others that are going to be very attractive to the falcons at eight but you can't tell me we wouldn't be hurt as hell if they let brock bowers go by us on that pick at number eight We've let too many dogs go by in the past, and we just could have had, you know. Yeah, I know it. 
I know it. It'd be boy, I tell you though, and you think about that. I know they don't care about making us happy per se, but if Justin Fields, an Atlanta kid, and Brock Bowers, a Bulldog, were the two main pieces of this off season, I'd get everybody's attention. I'd get I'd get the conversation off of Rich McKay. I can guarantee you that, wouldn't it? That's right. That's right. Just like Eddie said, that you want to feel that you want to feel that stadium. Put them two on the field and see see how quick you get some uh, season ticket holders. No question. No question. Hey Terry, good stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. And everybody hates Bill and Beer. Scotty and Rochelle is with us. Hey Scotty. Hey Bill, how you doing today? You ain't you ain't on your way to Florida with you know who are you? Not yet. Uh, I was gonna say that it's Valentine's Day for most people, but that you're celebrating. Pitchers and catchers getting started. Damn right. That's that's more important to me and all this love crap. The heck with that. Throw some flowers in there and get it over with. But yeah, it's uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. That that's the important day. So I, I've got a, a brave question for you, and then I'll, and then a couple of quick comments. My brave question is: back in the early seventies, we had a, a season where the Braves had three guys hit forty home runs. Um, is, is that possible this season, or maybe even four guys hit 40 home runs for this year's race team? Oh, I, 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 I think it is. I mean, I, I think anything's possible with this lineup. You've, you've got power hitters in this lineup that are – I mean, you look at Acuna, even Ozzy, you know, of what Ozzy's capable of and, and, and how – I want to bring their numbers up so I can be specifically correct on this. I mean, last year – they had four with over 40 – or, excuse me, three over 40 once again last year with Marcel hitting 40, Ronald hitting 41, Olsen hitting 54. They had five hitting 30 or more with Ozzy with 33, Riley with 37, and then the other three. And they had seven hit 20 or more. So, I mean, you know, could Harris hit more than 20 this year? Yes. Um, I, I think Kalnick, if he stays healthy, can hit 20 or more this year. The sky's the limit for this offense. I mean, I, 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 want, I, I think it's smart, Scotty, to take a conservative approach and say, okay, even if this offense does 85% of what it did last year, it's still going to be the best offense in the game. Because I don't know if we can expect what they did last year again, but, I mean, I think we don't need to limit it either, right? We need to, th- to think that they're – is tremendous potential for this lineup to do great damage again. Exactly. And, and, and has any team ever had four 40 home run hitters? Not that I know of. Not that I can I think, think of. I'd have to Google that, but not. I don't think so. With three. Um, so, anyway, that's, that's something to look at. I think it's very possible. Yeah. Uh, I do, too. Because, Riley, look, and it's like, there's so many people to choose from as far as, all right, who's the MVP this year? Now, we could all say, well, hell, Acuna could make it again. Um, you know, I could see Austin Riley being an MVP candidate in the National League. I could, I could see, you know, our, our, our friend Annika from Athens said Ozzy uh, last, last week. You know, you, you got several. I mean, Matt Olson led the big leagues in home runs and RBI. I think he finished third in the MVP race, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, you've literally got five players who could legitimately be MVP candidates. Matt was fourth. So you had you had Acuna first, Olsen fourth, Riley seventh, Ozzy 16th, and Azuna 18th. So you actually had 
five of the top 18 players be Atlanta Braves in the MVP voting. That's ridiculous in itself, isn't it? And, and if Azul would have played the first couple of months like he did at the end of the year, I've got to want his numbers. Before. Yeah, he might have wanted damn thing. A uh, quick couple of quick comments. One of them, I, and I, I'm not an NBA fan or a basketball fan in general, but it seems like to me it's seen these two superstars and a pretty good third player to, to be a championship team. Um, just looking back at the classic things we knew, and then recently with the Warriors. Right. Uh, so that's kind of my commentary, and, and love to hate. Spurrier is, is winning hands down. I mean, nobody else is even close. Spur- so Spurrier's yours as well, huh? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think the vast majority of your callers even be there. <laughs> <laughs> they may be. Yeah, no, there's no question. The way Spurrier mocked Georgia back in the day, man, he he didn't do himself any favors when he would mock. Of course, he had reason to because they beat the crap out of us every year except for 1997, right? Travis Kelsey's moving up quick on him, though. Yeah. Well, at least Travis apologized today for almost killing his head coach in the second quarter. (laughs) That was good of him to do. I think he realized how embarrassing that was for him to do that. Hey, Scotty, thank you. We appreciate it. 478-646-ESPN is our number. J-Rad in Macon. Bill. Yes, sir. Debbie Gibson. You think so? Really? Yeah, I I do. And 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 uh, your girl, um, a tennis player, supposed tennis player. She's a winner. Anna yes. Kornikova think, is also a winner. Yeah, she dated uh, Sergey Fedorov from the Red Wings. I think she's a trooper. Well, I, and uh, isn't she married to uh, Julio Iglesias Jr. or whatever his name is? I'm not sure. I haven't kept up with her in a long time i, yeah. I think they divorced oh did they oh she's I available think. i'm not sure I, I don't know if check that chris we need to confirm that in our newsroom because i don't know i thought they were still married or at she's least available up. then i'm i'm just what she's looking for Bill. She, she's uh not married but she's still with she's dating okay them, and they have kids together okay so they're living in sin yeah pretty much like murphy brown <laughs> There you go. So, but anyway, she's a nice picture on the Twitter account of her. Yeah, she's a winner. Happy Valentine's Day to her. Well, Dadgummit, I guess I'll just have to go over to the Wild Wing Cafe and uh, <laughs> find me a girl. But, um, you know, one's off the off, market, so off. you're in trouble. <laughs> Y'all could go off for an hour about the Mannings. But other than them, Bill, it's not sports related, but. Dadgummit, that Sam Elliott with his mustache and his deep voice. I just can't. Why do you hate Sam Elliott? He's the same role in every movie. (laughs) Well, hey, now, now he he was in Roadhouse and he whipped Terry Funk's ass. Yeah, I give him credit for Roadhouse, but other than that, he just, all the women. Oh, it's, we, we, he's got a deep voice. We get it. Oh, my God. He just drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And he was in, um, he was in uh, what was the movie with Jeff Bridges? That's, with that song that I sing, I used to sing all the time on Thursdays? The Kenny Rogers in the Condition? first edition? Huh? Condition? Yeah, what was that song from? It was from a movie. 
that uh, Sam Elliott was in with ugh, crap. Sam Elliott and Jeff Bridges, you know. Damn it. What did I do before Google? Act like an idiot, not knowing things. But anyway, yeah, Sam Elliott. Well, he's pretty good, pretty good actor there. But and he's he's married to a hottie, I believe, and he married to to uh, Catherine Ross. Remember her? Oh, I'm sure he is. Go Google, uh, go Google her, J. Rad. I'm sure Sam is. Catherine Ross. Yeah, Catherine Ross. She was in. She was in that. Um, uh, I'll tell you a movie she was in that I loved. It was a great John Wayne movie called Hellfighters. It was a, like in the late 60s. It was a great movie. Hellfighters. She was young in that, that movie. Okay. I mean, I know okay. she wasn't no Helen Crump that would get you going, but still. <laughs> yeah, I'll check that out. Um, <laughs> you know, you were talking about Spurrier, and I, God, I used to hate his guts. But you know what? Today, I would love to sit down and have a beer with Steve Spurrier. Well, and I've heard that he's a great guy. I, I have. I've heard from people who know him a little bit. And uh, Terry Norvell, again, who's been on our show before and who has a show down in Jacksonville, and he, he, he had Spurrier with him for uh, about two years. He said, he's Bill, he's great. He's just a great guy. I mean, he'd probably give – he, Terry said he'd probably give you hell because you're a bulldog, but I mean he's really a great guy, and I I'm with you. You know, you, we can have that type show where we say, all right, who who that you may not like or may not have liked, would you like to sit down and just talk sports with? And he he would he would probably be a pretty popular answer on that question as well, don't you think? Yeah, I think if you sat down with him in a restaurant with nobody around and got a few beers, he would uh he would be really entertaining. Yeah. I I agree. I I think he would as well. But boy, he sure did kill the dogs. Oh my God! Whew. It was I rough. Exactly. Remember, he said uh, Georgia's just better than us. I guess that was '97. <laughs> well, Coach Donnie got him that year, and you know what? We should have gotten him in '93 as well. But they cheated that year, J. Rat. Was that the uh, Was that the game in the rain? Yeah, that was a fake timeout where. He paid the officials off, and they said they took a timeout, and it was a damn lie because I was there. Yeah, I remember that. Guy. I waited through. I mean, it, it was – you know the rain we had making the other day? Yeah. Triple it. It yeah. was awful. It was – It was. I, I, I mean, the St. John's River was on Adams Street. It was awful that day, and, and we were literally in ankle-deep water in the upper deck. I wasn't in the upper deck. I was kind of in the mid. Well, I was, it was because that was old Gator Bowl. But anyway, it was not good. It was a rough day. But and Eric Zier tell you he told me last year when we interviewed him or two years ago, it was a damn lie. They screwed us that day. There's no question about it. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, I believe that was a Halloween Day game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, may have been. It was '93. I remember that. It was. It was 30 years ago. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad for sure. All right, J Rad, will you take care? I'll talk to you soon, okay? Hey, Bill, I got to yep. go work out. Uh, my anabolic windows closing like Eddie's, and uh, I'm fixing <laughs> to go do some incline bench. <laughs> All right, you do that now. You take care. <laughs> I don't think I like J Rad's tone there. Do you? Four seven eight six four six ESPN. That's our number. Who's the player or sports personality you love to hate? 
A little brazed music there. We're talking brazed baseball as well. Pitchers and catchers reported today. We're having a good time here. We hope you'll join us back with more right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on the Superstations. Remember the captain and Tennille? Captain's gone, but Tennille's still cranking him out. But it didn't because you left him. Tony Tennille had it going on back in the day. The captain was kind of creepy. Just stood over there and played his damn piano with a hat on and never said anything. And she did. She left him. I mean, he died a few years ago, but anyway. Welcome back to our show. So on this Valentine's Day, we are, uh, Jeff asked you earlier who is the sports personality that you love. I'm asking you who's the one you love to hate. We're just spreading love all over the world here on the show. (laughs) 478-646-ESPN. Will in North Carolina. How you doing? I'm all right, Bill. I think the, uh, I hate to pile on here, but from the Twitter question I've seen, I took it as like uh, an announcer. Okay, uh, whoever you want to say, that's fine. Hands down, if it's not an announcer, it's, the correct answer is Jamon Green, but that's, I thought it was an announcer, but the announcer would be uh, Gary Danielson. I mean, hands down. He, <laughs> you don't like old Gary? No, he he deserves to be relegated to CBS this coming fall to Rutgers and Indiana football games. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> like Gary. I mean, he, deserves, he deserves to call the Rutgers and Nebraska games from now on. I mean, I think they keep him on there just because he's such a lightning rod. You know, people people don't like him, and uh, he doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I you know half the time I don't pay attention to what the announcers are saying. I'm just watching the game kind of on my own and so forth. But I get it, I, and I, he, there's no question he rubs people the wrong way. There's no doubt about that. It, it will be Tony Romo too because the honeymoon with me and Tony Romo is over. I. I'm like you. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not over the top. Me. I'm really just watching the game. But I mean, Tony Romo is kind of like. <laughs> you don't like Tony anymore? Did you like uh, him one time? Uh, I mean, at, at the first, he he did. He was like a dang brainiac genius, but I, I don't know what it is now. Like, I don't know if it's just everybody else piling on it, and a lot of people pile on Gary Daniels too. But oh yeah. Well, you know, those, those announcers, and there's a guy I follow on Twitter, Andrew Marchand is his name, Mar- Marchant, something like that, and he used to work for the New York Post, I believe, but now he's working for The Athletic, and he's actually a critic of announcers. He's like the the, the, the one, he covers, you know, any changes in broadcasting or announcers or anything like that, he covers that, 
And, man, I was watching Twitter the other day when the Super Bowl was on, and, I mean, he was eating every single thing that Jim Nance and 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 Tony Romo said. He was just eating eating them to pieces. And it's like, golly, I don't think they're doing that bad of a job. But, anyway, I mean, I, I may be a little bit more – defense defensive for announcers because it's you know it's not as easy as people think you 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 can't be 100 percent right you're trying to predict what people are going to do i mean romo i don't think he was lucky when he first got on television but he was obviously insightful and got people's attention i still think he does a pretty good job but i again i not many color commentators don't push people's buttons right even john madden some people back in the day, John Madden would just push their button. So I, I get it, I, you know. But, hey, believe it or not, Will, there are some people out there who don't like old Billy here. So the hell with them. <laughs> well, them people need to be committed. <laughs> well, and this will probably get me burnt at the state, too. But Brian Jordan in the summer sometimes gets on my nerves. Well, he's not on there anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. I like I and I. It's, Brian's a friend, so again, not being very objective, I I thought Brian was pretty good, and I loved when Brian and Peter Mullen were on together because they go at each other. But I, I, but I also got it. I got it when people were saying, uh, you know, because I, it's it's hard to be just universally loved. It it is. It's hard. It's very difficult. I mean, there's nothing like going through the middle of summer hearing yah-yahs and off and off and doing and his uh, crocodile dundee accent. But, uh, and see, I, again, Peter Mullen's a friend. I love Peter Mullen. I think he does a really good job of breaking stuff down, but I can understand why people are like, uh, I don't know. I mean, but I love Peter. I, I Peter and Brian are both friends, so it's, uh, you know, I'm just not going to be I'm not very objective when it comes to them because I, I love those guys, but but I get it. You know, people are going to be people are going to be critical of announcers, and that's that's it. As long as they love me, that's all I care about. Will, but hey, baseball season's here, so that's a good thing, right? Yep, yep, yep. And get ready to gear up. Phil, you're the greatest. I mean, they need to have. They, instead of Tom Brady coming to the booth, I think they need Bill <laughs> Well, I'll take a fraction of his money, and I'll still do the jo- the job. So, that, But that's nice of you to say, Will. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. See you later. All right. Take care. That's a Tennessee volunteer saying that about me. How about that? Annika in Athens, how are you? Hey, good. How are you, Bill? I'm doing good. Great, thanks for calling. And anytime you can call, and I can, you know, tell Logan and David that I'm stealing their caller. That's that's good with me. Well, Logan's a little mad at me because I haven't been calling into them, but they are much <laughs> earlier than I'm even awake. Like I don't even get up until they're done. So maybe if they push their show back a little later in the day, they'd have more calls from me. Exactly. There you go. That's a good answer. I like it. I reminded them last week, though, that I, I had stolen you, and they they weren't very happy with me. So, but the heck with them. <laughs> They'll be fine. They They'll be fine. Of me in the office. They don't have to talk to me on the phone all the There time. you go. There you go. I just I just told them you had a new favorite sports talk show, and they were like, "Huh?" <laughs> You've always been my dad's favorite. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah, my dad's my dad is like the Bill Shanks fan. So. Oh wow. It's just kind of, I guess I kind of inherited it. Well, good. That's great. Well, you tell him thank you for me. 
Your last caller to talk about announcers. Um, I think SpongeBob and Patrick did a great job on Nickelodeon doing the Super Bowl. <laughs> they were funny. So I think if anyone has problems with announcers, they need to just start listening to SpongeBob and Patrick. Cause how how, how you much really of you, that did you watch? I I turned over there one time for just a few minutes, but I turned it back. How much did you watch of that? I didn't watch much of it, but I've seen all of the clips like on TikTok of Dora telling everybody to go five yards back and explaining the rules and the jokes, like when they would have quotes from the show, like that was fun. When there was a fumble and Patrick was telling him to firmly grasp it, and like I remembered that episode of SpongeBob, so that was funny. That was good. <laughs> well, it's pretty. You know what? It's a pretty neat idea. They got to give the NFL credit for trying to create new fans and that was the way to get younger kids to watch it and understand it and uh, you know I, the NFL deserves credit for that they really do I saw a lot of people even my age be like I never understood the penalties until I watched the Nickelodeon broadcast really because at this I mean at this point like if you're explaining the call on a NFL or CBS broadcast, it's kind of like, uh, why are you doing that? Like, we all know football. But, like, for those kids, like, they don't know it. So, right. even people my age that, like, don't love football but just were watching that, like, now they can actually understand it. So, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is a smart – it was smart. I, I think, you know, if, if you have the platforms available to do that, it's like when ESPN on the college football championship, when they have, like uh, – um, kind of an offshoot of the Manning thing where they have coaches around kind of analyzing the game. I think mean, that's cool, you know, because some people may want to watch that. So if you have multiple platforms, you may as well do something different. And and if, if baseball should do that, ba- ba- Major League Baseball should do that compared to just throwing it on Fox every October at 9 o'clock. That's not going to win any fans. Because when I was a kid, I still remember the last World Series game of the day was in 1983 with the – Orioles and the and the um, Phillies, I believe. Yeah, Orioles and the Phillies. And you know, I got home from school, went home and watched the World Series. It was cool. It was great. Yeah, baseball. Every time I tell everyone that I'm a baseball fan, they're like, "How do you watch it? It's so boring." And they just don't get it. But I think we need to we need to have something that makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, I do too. I do too. There 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 are some things they could definitely do, and hopefully. There's someone more insightful than Rob Manford in that office that can do it. <laughs> so, um, I know you were asking someone you love to hate. Someone I really thought I was going to hate when I met was Dan Mullen. Um, me and Dave, we did the Touchdown Club. I was there helping him work it. And I was like, oh, my God, Dan Mullen's coming. Why is he even coming to Athens? Like, he's a Florida guy. I don't want to talk to this man. But he was, like, the nicest person I've ever met. So, I thought I was going to hate him, but I actually ended up loving him. So maybe maybe we all just need to actually meet all of these people we hate and see if it changes our well, mind. I don't, I don't think I want to meet any of the Mannings. Yeah, Dan Mullen came to Macon when he was uh, – I think he was still the head coach at Mississippi State. And because we have a touchdown club like you guys do on Monday night here in Macon. And he was, he was really nice. He was on the show, and he was – he, you know, he's a pretty good guest, and and yeah, he was a he was a nice guy, and most of these coaches are, you know, there there's some that are going to be kind of smug. There was one two years ago that came here, a uh, Shane Beamer, who was a little full of himself, but you know, coaches are coaches; they're going to be egotistical sometimes. But most of them are pretty good guys, I think. They they got to be because you can't fake it. The recruits 
or they'll find out real quick and that'll get out there because you, if you're too much of a jerk, people aren't going to come play for you, you know? I had always, like, growing up before really social media was at the point where you just pretty much knew everyone's whole lives all the time. I just sort of had gotten the vibe that um, Nick Saban was kind of a jerk. But the more and more, like, I hear him actually speak, I feel like he's not as stuck up as I had perceived him to be, like, in the past. Well, I I agree with that. I mean, I I was I'll tell you what, Annika. One time I was uh, I don't remember what year it was, but one of the years that Alabama was at Georgia, I was on the field before the game, and I was on Alabama's side, and Alabama came out, and Saban was there, and you know he was he he was Nick Saban. No, he kind of made everybody know know pretty quick that he was Nick Saban. But I agree with you. I. I it's like when I was talking earlier about hating Steve Spurrier. I never hated Steve Spurrier. It's like I, I don't hate Nick Saban. You know, he obviously had a lot of success against my team, but I, I just think Nick Saban was so good. Okay, you can hate him for being good, but you can also respect the heck out of him because of how good he was, and I prefer to do that with him and Spurrier. I mean, to me, Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban are the two best college football coaches I've ever seen, and, and – um you know, and and they're easy to dislike because they're going. They they beat you a lot. You know, they beat everybody a lot. That's what they did. That's why they were so successful. And they could come off as being smart, smart Alex, and 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 show offs and and say things that would kind of make you dislike them. But that was part of their shtick, I think, to a certain extent. So no, I'm I'm with you. I I don't really have any any bad feelings towards Saban. I'm glad he's gone though. Yeah, it's much easier to like him now than it was yeah. six months ago. Yeah, absolutely, no question about it. And I think he's a good guy. I mean, I, 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 I always thought he was a pretty good guy, and because he he seems real, even though he could buy and sell every one of us. Yeah. All right, Annika. Well, hey, we appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Of course. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. 478-646-ESPN. We'll take one final break. Be back with more of your phone calls. More sports talk. Who do you love to hate? It's Valentine's Day. We're showing our love. How do you? Who do you love to hate? The Mannings. Those kind of people. Oh, listen to that music. It's baseball season again. Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training in Florida. It's back on, folks. Back with more right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on the Superstations. There's no sin he hasn't sinned. His life's a candle in the wind. Always hanging by a thread. With eyes cold and dead. His word is neon lights. Streets and empty nights, the only dreams left to find are in the shadows of his mind. But somewhere, somewhere, 
the great Sarah Vaughn singing the love theme from Sharky's Machine, which was one of the best movies ever made, period. The best movie, well, next to Cannonball Run and Sharky and Smokey for the great Burt Reynolds. But Sarah Vaughn, some singer, and that was the love theme from Sharky's Machine. She also did a great number with Joe Williams on that movie, Before You, which was outstanding. We've had love songs and baseball music today. Golly, better be Valentine's Day. 478-646-ESPN. We're also asking you who you like to hate, who you love to hate. We're, we're throwing love around. Who do you love to hate? Danny and Macon. Hey, Bill, I got to tell you, uh, Sharky's Machine, Rachel Ward, <laughs> and Sharky's Machine. Oh my God! Thank you for yeah. that music. No, she she was unbelievable and has to be to a certain extent even to this day because of how good she looked forty years ago. But that I love that movie. That is a great movie. That's one of my favorites. Well, love the movie. That song playing there sucks, but Rachel <laughs> Ward was great in that. Well, I for think sure. I think your son picked that. Oh, I'm sure he did. He doesn't even know Sharky's Machine. I need to introduce him to that. Yeah, you need um, to let him watch that at some point. So show him how Atlanta used to be. <laughs> That's right. If you want to see, if you want to see a history of Atlanta, about what was that? Maybe 35, 40 years ago. Eighty-one. It was nineteen eighty-one. Oh my God! I'm yep. that old. I'm and you know, uh, Bert came to Macon in two thousand and fifteen for that music that uh, film festival they have and he was there for an airing of Sharky's Machine and uh, I was able to go to that and actually the next day I interviewed him and it was a great highlight of my life to interview Burt Reynolds because I, I love Burt as all of us in the state of Georgia all too because of smoking the bandit well, just think do you remember like on Sunday evenings maybe it was ABC they'd run those White Lightning movies, Gator movies. Or... <laughs> yep, that was always must see TV. I me- I remember which was which one, and folks in Brunswick listening will remember this. One of those two, either White Lightning or Gator, had the Sid- the old Sydney Lanier Bridge in it. I can't remember which one it was because I think they were both, and one of them had like a scene in Midway or something like that. I can't remember. Okay, those two I get confused because he was Gator. He was Gator in both of those, wasn't he? In White Lightning, he was Gator McCoy or McBride or something like that. I can't remember. I can't remember. One was a sequel to the other. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. All right, before I hang up, I've got to tell you that it's a slam dunk on who I hate in sports. It's who I hated when he was playing baseball. And even to this day, he's been retired for so many years. And this is even before he started cheating in baseball, but Barry Bonds is an easy slam dunk. I hate him to this day, even though he hasn't played in forever. Well, I tell you, he was such a uh, a thorn in everybody's side even before he became uh, uh, just a, a, a bad word, right, when it came to the steroids. He he was so good. He was an, He was another one of those. If you didn't root for either the Pirates or the Giants, you probably hated Barry Bonds, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, you could you could pull for that certain team. But I don't know if you would like the guy because his personality was just crap. Yeah, 
and he treated everybody the wrong way. But the fact that to this day, we, we've got to, it's like we can't just say Hank Aaron's the home run champion. We got to, it's Barry Bonds, but it's Hank Aaron did this. It's just like, it should have just been Hank Aaron all along. And Barry Bonds shouldn't have even been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, as far as present day, Sean Payton's always going to be oh, yeah. hated by me. He's, he sucks. He, big he does. Sucks. He's he's truly an awful human being. I mean, Sean Payton, and and I'll I'll give Sean Payton this. I respect the fact that he loved to hate the Atlanta Falcons, unlike Dan Quinn and Arthur Smith, who never got the rivalry. That guy got the rivalry between Atlanta and New Orleans. No question about it. And so that made it good. But the fact that he would do something like after we choked in the – in the Super Bowl to scream out there at Devontae Freeman and put his hands near his neck, acting like he was choking, like, screw you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And that awful. look he ha- and that look he has on the sideline, the way he holds his mouth open, you know, it's just come on now. Yeah, I know. It he he was he's awful. He is. I'm glad he's in Denver. I hope he stays out there, but I think they're already wanting to run him out after a year because he certainly didn't do very well. But, yeah, Sean Payton, anybody anybody associated with those Saints, you know, they're just they're hard to, uh, to like. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Hey, Danny, thank you. We appreciate it. All right, Bill. You have a good one. All right, you too. Um, my good friend Bill Lindsay has reminded me that it was Gator – and it was filmed at Banks Lake in Lakeland, Georgia, Lanier County. And his name was Gator McCluskey. That's what it was. But Gator and White Lightning were both about that same character, I believe. Gator McCluskey. And there you go. Thank you, Bill. And I knew that it was something like that. But I thought there was also a scene somewhere like between Brunswick and Savannah in one of those Gator movies, either White Lightning or Gator. seemed like I saw that. But anyway, um, yeah, Gator McCluskey. And those were pretty good movies, too. I think Jerry Reed was a bad guy in one of those movies, wasn't he? I believe he was. You know, um, Jerry Reed was awesome, too. He was, he was a good, good guy. I didn't know him, but, I mean, you know, hell, he was... He was pretty good, that's for sure, in Smokey and the Bandit, one of the best movies ever made. Cinematic gold, some bitch. Um, I want a Diablo. Give me a Diablo sandwich and a Dr. Pepper and make it quick. I'm in a hurry. Perhaps one of the best lines in the history of cinema. The hell with that. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'll take that. Yeah, Dimitri, a lot of Gator was filmed in Savannah at Tybee Island. And I actually met my, uh, my aunt had a hotel there, the Ocean Plaza Motel, which is actually the movie which blew up there. I'll, okay, he'll tell me that story one day. I knew that one of those movies was also on, on the coast, and I think the Sydney Lanier, the old one, was there too. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Hawks basketball tonight. They don't have any centers. They're going to be in trouble against Charlotte. You're listening to The Bill Shank Show.